life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Hey, g'day there, fellow humans. Mark LeBusque here for another episode of the Solo Self-Indulgent Short, Sharp, Simply Practically Human podcast. And um, like most weeks, I'll roll up to the microphone and more than likely use some sort of experience I've had in the last week to then introduce a topic. And today's topic I want to talk about is, is this one about building human connection and deep human connection. And the reason this one's coming to mind for me, oh, there's two reasons. One is from the experience over over a long, long weekend with some friends, which I'll talk about in a moment. But secondly, it seems to be one of the topics of the month at the moment or the year or of the last two years is how do we build deeper human connection within the workplace? So I don't think it matters whether it's in the workplace or outside the workplace. There are some little tips and tools I want to share with you today on how you can build that deeper human connection. But before I go into those, let me give you the lived experience piece again, because I'm a big fan of lived experience and how you can use lived experience to start to explain how to do things like build deeper connections. So way back in 2020, there were five couples Myself and Alison and four other couples that uh, we've known for many, many years who were heading off to a lovely um, a lovely northern New South Wales town by the name of Byron Bay. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It's a, it's a beautiful beachside town, a little bit of a home to the rich and famous these days, the Hemsworths and a few of the... Um, Few of the big actors from the US have uh, bought themselves properties, uh, particularly in COVID times. I think Matt Damon's another one. So we were due to spend four days, three nights up in Byron Bay, and um, obviously COVID hit, so we couldn't go. And then we booked again, and then lockdown one or two hit, and we couldn't go. And then we booked again, and then lockdown four hit, and we couldn't go. And you get the drift now. So many, many attempts for us to get to this place, to hang out, have a weekend, a long weekend together and do what we do pretty well is just continue to build connection, which has come off about, I'd say, 20 years or so of, uh, of, of hanging out together. Um, even though only a few of the couples now live in the same town, we've moved out of that town as, as well as other couples as well. But uh, it's interesting how when we get together, we are connected very deeply already. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. So what did we get up to? We spent a bit of time walking on the beach, a bit of time in the water, beautiful um, temperature the water was up there. There's a lot of time sitting around talking absolute garbage, I'm going to say, uh, amongst a few gins and some beers and maybe some red wine and some white wine and some other things that were had. But uh, it was like we'd sort of not been disconnected over that period of time. And even though we have had some chances to catch up in the last two years, they've been very infrequent, as you can imagine. But there's something about the ability for human beings to build deeper connection. And if you think of those five couples, we all met, we can go way back 20, 20 odd years ago. And over that time, you know, we've shared time together. We've shared stories together. We have been away on, on trips before together. Some of us have played in cricket teams together. Others have been involved with tennis, whatever it might have been. Our kids, who are all now 
adults all met each other at whether it was preschool, primary school, or into their high school and even university years. So there's always been that connection. But that also takes a bit of time and a bit of willpower to want to keep that connection up. And um, so where I'm going to head today is if you want to build deep human connection, I think one of the things you've got to think about is you've got to be prepared to invest the time in doing that. But before I get into these tips, and I'm going to make this pretty short and sharp today, is I also want you to think about why it's important to build human connection. And I think, again, this relates to whatever environment you're in, not just in the workplace, outside the workplace, in your community, um, whatever it might be, but you've actually got to spend the time to do it. And it's important because we crave connection as a social species. We want to belong to something. We want to find commonality with others. And what this helps us to do is start to build on our engagement and being engaged with another human being or another group of human beings so that when times get tough, and they will get tough, you know, we don't just float through life, everything going beautifully. We've seen a bit of that in the last couple of years and even before that, is that when times get tough and they do, those who are more deeply connected will unite and get around each other, as we call it, versus fracture and start to disintegrate, fall apart and become dysfunctional. So if you've been thinking about how can I, how can I build deeper human connection? And I'm going to talk now about the workplace. Well, I'm going to share with you six or seven of my tips that come out of my first book, Being Human, um, Why Robots Aren't the Answer to Business Success. And I think this is following up from a podcast, a short solo one I did recently on the first five questions. These are the reasons why building deeper connection are important and what you need to do to get to that point where even though you may not have caught up with people for a period of time face-to-face and we're all starting to do that again, it only seems like yesterday that you were together again because you've got that special bond, that special commonality and that special connection. So the first one is you've got to think about this as a long game. Like it's not done with a couple of catch-ups here and there throughout the year. This is a long game and it requires us to take it seriously and to think about this as time that we create to build connection, to find the commonality and to think about it, as I say, is valuable work. So I know that at different times when people will say, oh, they're always out having coffees or they're hardly doing any work, I think we've got to start to pull our heads out of our asses about what work is. And work is not just sitting at your desk or sitting on your Zoom call or your Teams call or your Skype call or whatever it is you might do today. Work is also the human element of work. So first of all, create time for it and regular time booked in over the year And I say over the year very deliberately because it's going to take you years to do this. There's no short, sharp, silver bullet, magic pill to building deep connection. And see it as valuable work. This is the human work. So if you need to slightly change your mindset or change your mindset a lot is get out of this ridiculousness that this isn't work because it's really important work that allows the more technical process, programmatical work to happen really well. So there's a couple to start with. The next one on this one is I'm going to say, don't treat these catch-ups 
as like you might do your regular meetings. You don't need to create an agenda. You don't need to go around the room. And you certainly don't need to start judging people's involvement or otherwise in this stuff because as you're building connection and commonality, what you'll find is, is you just let it flow naturally. So, you know, you might have some people who do talk a lot more. Let them talk. Don't cut them off. There might be some people who are sitting there just listening and learning at the time and, and, and looking for those commonalities and those connections. So you don't need to go around the room and say, it's your turn now, Mark, or it's your turn now, John, or it's your turn now, Christine, or whatever it might be, because they may not want to talk. They may just want to listen and process to get a sense of what's going on and to build that connection. So don't treat these like an agenda-driven session, be very informal with them, let it flow where it flows. And particularly if you're the manager, be really conscious that you're not taking up a lot of the space. There might be some times there where there's some awkward silence. Just let that sit because someone will fill it at some point in time and you don't need to be the one to do that. The next thing I'd say is be ready for the doubters and detractors of going out and doing this type of work because a lot of people are caught up in what's valuable work and not what's not valuable work, what's productive, what's efficient, all of those lovely words that we hear day to day. So when the doubters and detractors start to say things to you, like I used to hear, like here goes Mark and his team out to hug each other and sing Kumbaya and they're on their 9.30 every Monday morning, what I call connection and finding commonalities catch up you'll get a bit of that and you've just got to hold your nerve with that because, again, I said before, this is a long game and you've got to be prepared to play the long game. You've got to be prepared to absorb some of the doubters and the detractors and the smart little comments that you might get in another meeting that you're in and they're saying, oh, Mark's always out having coffee and just hold your nerve with that. So don't get sucked into trying to hide these things or feeling guilty about them because over time, the very people that were saying to me, Kumbaya Mark and his band of huggers, were people who started to say, can we come with you? And it's like, well, no, you should actually set up your own ritual with your own team and do the same thing in building connection and commonality. So have thick skin, hold your nerve, be ready for the doubters and detractors and play it as a long game. The next one I'm going to say is make sure you turn up to these. If you set them up in the diary, whether it's weekly or fortnightly, I think at a minimum fortnightly, uh, it would be great if you could do them weekly, but make sure you turn up. Don't get caught up in this whole idea that something more important came up and I can't come along to the next one. And then something more important comes up in the next week or the next fortnight and you miss another one because you are really, if you're managing this and you're the one who's leading from the front, you need to be there. Because if you don't turn up, then the idea that these are actually important will start to dissipate with your people. And ultimately what will happen is you'll end up saying, oh, what happened to that thing we used to do? Oh, we better start it up again. It, you know, work got in the way and we just couldn't quite keep doing it. I think that's a bullshit excuse. And usually that will come from, the weak manager who hasn't been showing up because other things that were more important came up. So role model this yourself 
and make sure you turn up. The next one I'm going to say is flip it around a bit when you're having conversations because we get caught up in this whole idea of achievement at work and enjoyment outside of work. So one thing I'm going to say in helping you to build deeper connection and finding commonality, more meaningful stuff so that when things get tough, and as I said, they will, that everyone will get in behind each other, is start to throw these ones out there. If, we, if we're in a situation where the conversation is not really kicking off, I actually threw this one in. I asked people what they enjoyed at work in the last week or two or last month and what they've achieved outside of work and then just shut up. And that will start a great conversation. So instead of getting into the usual that people will hear, flip it around and get people to have to rewire their brains a little to start thinking that, hey, what have I enjoyed at work? Usually it's what happens between the human beings is what people enjoy, which ultimately ends up in and results in great technical work being done. So there's some method in the madness to this stuff. So it's really important that you flip this on its head a bit and the achievement outside of work really starts to open people up to sharing about not just themselves and what they've achieved, but perhaps something that has been achieved in their immediate family, their extended family. It could be at their local club, whether it's a sporting club, whatever sort of club it might be, something that's happened in their community that's been achieved. And it just, again, opens up the door to keep finding more of those commonalities. Those little things that in the moment, they might not seem like a lot, but over time, as we keep finding the commonalities and we keep building that deeper connection, so too do we look after each other, do we have each other's backs and do we form trust? And I love, um, it's a great uh, TED talk by Margaret Heffernan, which is about forgetting the pecking order at work, where she talks about this whole idea that the longer that teams spend together having these sorts of conversations and building social capital, the better they'll work together, particularly in times when it goes pretty tough. And not only that, she also says that they actually work better when there's a little bit of what she called scratchiness or a bit of conflict and candor going on in teams. So this idea that we can't get into candor and we can't have those conflictual conversations or just conversations as I like to call them because we know each other too well is an absolute furphy. So thinking about that, the more connected we become, the deeper we find commonality the more opportunity it opens up for us fellow humans to, to delve into conversations, topics, listening to different perspectives and valuing everyone's perspectives rather than just shutting people down because we don't really know a lot about them other than the, the, the job that they do on a day-to-day -day basis. I think the other one I want to share with you is that as you've practiced this within your own team, I would also highly encourage you to extend it outside of your own team, but in very, very specific circumstances. So I've always been fascinated with project work, not as in delivering project work or designing it, but fascinated in what tends to happen in project work when we don't spend the time to build human to human connection and find commonality. Usually what happens is the team comes together, there's a level of positivity and there's a lot of level of anticipation and excitement about what's going to be delivered but we go straight into the technical work and 
the Gantt charts and all of the, let's get this thing going because we've got a timeline to deliver it in. And I know that's important. Don't get me wrong. But because we haven't spent time getting to know each other, well, basically what happens is, is things start to turn into a, let's call it a bit of a pissing contest. There'll be some people in the room that will want to take control and all of a sudden it'll get into a game of rightness and because we haven't skilled ourselves up enough in having these deeper conversations to build connection and commonality, very, very quickly things become fractured. And what usually happens in the end is that they get escalated to the managers who aren't in the room who have given the people in the room the responsibility to deliver who then actually end up making the the decisions on what happens. So even though you may deliver on a project of work, an important program of work, usually what happens is no one really feels all that fulfilled. And most people will go into the next one with a fair bit of trepidation about, I wonder what's going to happen next time. And we continue to make this mistake time after time, after time, after time. So my suggestion here is spend the first of your program meetings, your project meetings, your kickoff meetings, in simply connecting and finding commonality. And, you know, I've talked about the first five questions before. You could do things around what do you expect of me? You could talk about work style preference. I I love the idea of talking about what people do to get balance outside of the workplace in their lives, because that can start to really open up finding commonality in connection And at times where people are working in these project groups where they come from different parts of the business and they'll have narratives, stories, judgments made up about people, the things that can break those down are that we find commonality and connection. So I want to really encourage you to think about next time you go into one of these big projects, be the one who demonstrates leadership, be the courageous one who says, hey, before we kick this off, let's suspend this first hour or 90 minutes or whatever in building connection and commonality, you will have some detractors and some doubters and they'll be like, we just want to get on with the work, hold your nerve, explain to them why it's important to do it and get on with that work. So very, very important. So they're just some things I want to share with you today, fellow humans, that again came from a thought that over the weekend, even though a lot of us hadn't seen each other for a long time, we had over a long time, built connection, we'd found commonality, whether it be in, as I said, um, sporting teams, different pursuits and, and following up on what our kids are doing and then some of them now with their grandkids as well. We just came back together and because we'd invested the time, it was just like good old times again. And I really want to encourage you to not only in your workplace but outside your workplace is think about am I investing that time to build connection to find commonality and to improve engagement, which improves a whole lot of other things around the way people get behind each other and have each other's backs? Or are you looking for the quick fix, the silver bullet, the magic pill, the the more structured, agenda-based, let's go around the room and ask people one thing about themselves that we'd never know, we'll just do that once, never do it again. Makes us feel good in the moment, a bit like a sugar hit, but it goes away very, very quickly. So invest the time and you will find that things will change and they will change not very quickly, but they will change as people start to realise 
that this work, this human work is valued in conjunction with the technical work. And when you put them together, it creates an almighty, powerful way of getting things done. So there you go. Hey, if you love this one, why not rate it five stars and give us a review as to why you loved it. What was it about maybe some of the tips that I've given you here that reinforce what you do today or maybe a new to you that you can start putting into place for yourself, whether it be in the workplace or in family or outside of that. And then if you liked it, share it with your friends. You may have some friends who are maybe not as connected as they should be and this might be a nice little timely reminder for them to, to have a listen in, maybe subscribe to the podcast and, and step more into their humanness. But until next time, let's keep it simple because this is simple. Let's keep it practical. It's very practical and keep it human and human is all about connection. Bye for now.